This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Live and local in the morning from 6 to 9, covering all of your favorite teams with analysis and opinions to carry you through the morning on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app. We want to hear from you. Tweet slash X us at the Blitz 1170 or the text line is always open at 918-262-5072. Now. It's time for the Morning Blitz. Here's Rick Corey. All right, who left the freezer door open? Oh, here we go again. Right back into the chill. 15 degrees outside. I'm watching Alan Crone right there, and he's standing upstairs in the studio, and he even looks cold. It's going to be one of those weekends, my friends. I hope you're ready to bunker down again in the house. It's not quite like last weekend with the snow, but it's going to be in the 20s, and it's going to be windy. I had the wind on the way to work this morning was ridiculous. My goodness. Yep. We're, we just thought we were going to get out of it, and then here it is back yeah. again. Yesterday felt nice. You got a lot of melting. You know, there's still some piles here right, and there. But right. felt good, and now we're back. Um, we're in the 20 range now, and, and well, I think 15 to 20, depends on where you are. And 23 is about as good as it's going to get. 23, 24 degrees today Oof. is all it's going to be. But, you know, the good news is we have wild, we have wild card weekend, so it doesn't matter. We have stuff to do Saturday and Sunday. We have college basketball. We have NFL football. Uh, we have the PBR in town. If you want to brave the cold just briefly, yes. you know OSU was home to wrestle on Wednesday on, on Sunday, and this is a team that's seven and zero and ranked number five, and really, really, really competing well. Mm. So there's plenty to do inside. If you haven't gotten down all your Christmas decorations right, you can you know still do that. Too. Is, is there no excuse left for that? At well, this point? you know. Now, I will admit, ours is sitting in one place on a table because <laughs> because all the boxes in my scuba truck, the one I use for scuba, we give our staff a break from the middle of October until January at least just to let them have time away because we're so busy in the summer. You literally yep. are never home in the summer on a weekend, mm. which, you know, keeps a lot of marriages alive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we don't do much uh, at that time, so I use it as storage for all the stuff I take inside. So the back of my truck is loaded with all these boxes, but it's just been too damn cold for me to go out there, honestly. <laughs> I don't even think, well, that's wimpy. Yes, it is. Absolutely. It's a first world problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to go out to and from. And I didn't want to track stuff in the house either when it was snowing uh, yes. and bring those boxes in. So we took all the Christmas stuff and put it in one place. So it's in one place. I just haven't put it in the boxes yet to take it back to where it belongs. So we're getting close. The outdoor has been down for a while. I used that 57 degree day a couple of weeks ago to do that. So we're good there. But my point is we got plenty to do this weekend. And, you know, I don't know about you. See, I'm a person that during the week, this is very much me. During the week, I'm busy. I'm a caretaker for Lindsay. I've got this job. You know, I've got two other jobs during football. Uh, and this job doesn't stop when we go home. I spend most of my afternoons reading and preparing and doing things that I'm re- getting, you know, that believe it or not, it may sound like I don't, but <laughs> that we're ready for today. I'm looking ahead, thinking about things, that kind of stuff. So it's it's very busy. But if I have stuff to do, I don't want to do it on the weekend. I want to do it during the week when I'm already busy. I want the weekend to be my time. And so I, you know, on the weekend, I'm not someone who sits still very often. I mean, I do to do this, but otherwise I don't. But on the weekend, when I have nothing to do, which rarely happens, I can. So I will sit there and watch games and things like that and just be pretty happy. Now, my wife will do it for a while, and she loves sports, obviously. I've said that before. But then Christine gets, like, stir-crazy. She's mm-hmm. got to get it move around. 
So she'll start peddling with stuff and just wandering around the house. And she'll walk by and go, how can you sit there? But during the week, I never sit. I'm busy all yeah. the time. So you've I, earned that time. Yeah, I, well, I, yeah that's kind of what, the way I look at it is the, the, the weekend when you have one, you know, because most of the times I'm working on a Saturday, whether it's diving or football. But, but when you have a weekend like that and you've earned, yeah, you've worked all week, take that time. And I'm, that's one thing I'm good at. I'm not good at sitting still, but on the weekend when I don't have anything else to do and I've accomplished everything, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. All right, anyway, I'm saying we have a lot to do. Now, the NFL tomorrow, we've got Houston-Baltimore at 3.30. The only problem is it's not earlier. Uh, and mm-hmm. Green Bay Niners at 7.15, but that's okay because that's a Saturday and we can stay up, right? And then on Sunday, the, game, the late game starts at 5.30, which is good. That's KC Buffalo and Tampa Detroit before that at 2. We'll talk a lot about that today. You know, we'll get you the lines on these games. But, you know, we... <laughs> We've already learned that that doesn't really matter because if you looked at the line of the Dallas Green Bay game, you'd you'd have been shocked oh, at yeah. what happened there. That's a lot of money. Uh, yep, uh, yep. There, there's no question about that. We'll get into the college basketball for the weekend. We got a couple of texts up here on the board that I came in yesterday, which I think were probably about Mike Boynton. Um, and I, I was listening last night to his coaches show too, and uh, or I was listening to the re- replay of the coaches show, uh, and it was. There's a lot being blamed on youth on this team, which I get. But the youth comes because you stayed young, either lost people or didn't, you know, you didn't retain, which is the same thing. And you just didn't build that senior type leadership, which I know can be hard to do. But I'm not sure that I'm buying the excuse of we're just young, personally. No, no, I'm not not either. Um, You didn't retain a lot of that possible senior leadership and you know like I've said before this is a very um, classic team in terms of a high school recruiting class being mm-hmm. big but which uh, is fine except been, we yeah. don't do it that way anymore <laughs> right and, and, they've, and they've been heavily criticized uh, for their issues and then you bring up the youth and everything but again like, like I've always kind of alluded to is I, I've seen these similar flaws at any given time throughout the past seven years. So it's tough for me to stick on that. Yeah, and it's um, and I, I feel for them because, you know, I know I know the rule change on two-time transfers did burn them a little bit because they decided yeah. not to go after guys, and then the NCAA says, hey, those guys can all play. Well, all the people who went ahead and did that, but those were people who mostly already had a little bit of depth and they could do that. They could take a chance, if you will, uh, and they really can't do that in Stillwater, not right no. about now. But, you know, it's, it's okay to say... You know, we're young, that's fine. But as you say, when you do it consistently, when you look around the league and go, well, everybody else could have been young and they weren't. Now, I will never, ever believe that Mike Boynton's tenure in Stillwater will be fair because of what the NCAA did. Yeah. And much like, you know, I mean, anything else in your life that happens that is, that I don't want to use the word catastrophic because that's sports. And I know it was bad for them, but catastrophe is not that I get, you know, but something bad happens and you will never know what would have been without that. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, and that, I think that that will always to me make it unfair. Now, had he come through it and had those players, you know, responded and stayed, blah, 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 he'd be a hero. Yeah. But it was hard for anybody. And especially it's, you know, if you were Kentucky and it happened or Kansas and it happened, you might have a better chance of surviving it. I'd say so too. Um, just the, the way they put him through the ringer too, mm-hmm. through uh, you know that season with 2020 and into the COVID year. I mean, he even talked about it after they got the ban. Just the amount of meetings and stuff that he had to fly to away from the team yeah. and all these hearings and you know still they lay the hammer down. So it certainly is a glaring um, 
think thing to look at that we we will always wonder exactly if things would have been the exact same without it or yep, not. Yep, it would have. I don't think it'll ever be fair from that standpoint. However, having said that, eventually you have to make decisions. Now, if you read Bill Hastings' column yesterday in the World, which was pointed and probably fair, mm-hmm. you know, he said this is pretty much rock bottom for Oklahoma State basketball. Well, yeah, I, I think everybody's rock bottom is going to be a little bit different, you know. But um, you know, when when Eddie had his drinking problem. They were very good, but that was a that was a stain, you know. The obviously the problem with you know, you know the uh, <clears throat> the son, uh, you know Scott's still on staff, and I and Scott is a wonderful dude. And I've seen a lot of people send Scott Sutton by the way, and seen send us messages saying he should just take over for the rest of the year, and then be considered for the head coach. Of course, he was very successful at ORU for many years before he went down and joined there. Right. But you know Sean's problem, and that was a stain, if you will. And so, you know, everybody's rock bottom's different when it comes to the court, maybe, especially after the way Kansas did that, because Kansas had gone into Oklahoma State many times. As Bill Self said post-game, you know, this is the most comfortable we've ever been here, and that's Mm. not good. When another coach can just say his team was comfortable there, even when it's Kansas, that's not Mm -hmm. good. And not not even think about what comes from that. I mean, you're just being straight up honest, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not even worrying about any disrespect. It's like, no, we were pretty comfortable. Yeah, and and he's not. Yeah, Bill's not that kind of guy. He's he's not trying to slide him, but just to not even really worry about that. Like, look, Mm -hmm. I'm just being for real. (laughs) Yep, it was just comfortable, and that's not not what you're after. Yeah. uh, If you're the guys in charge over there. And then Bill's column also pointed out there's about almost a $10 million buyout right right now for Mike. So... And probably isn't changing, and we all like him, I think, and we all want him to do well. Absolutely. And it only takes one Cade Cunningham, you know. And, and mm-hmm. when that and when that happened, you really felt momentum, and yeah, just yeah. you know, it, it, it all then it all cratered with COVID and the and the penalties, me and and all that at the same time. At any rate, uh, we'll we'll talk those things. We'll actually get to you uh, your text as well at nine one eight two six two five zero seven two. That's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. You can hear the voices coming back down a little bit. I noticed. The wheeze is still there. Mm-hmm. But my my big voice from yesterday is mostly gone. Mm-hmm. And I still have to be careful if I try to talk too fast because I'll start just... It's, tra- it's tracking its way out. It though. is. Oh, yeah. We're, we're working on it. We're getting there. Oh, my goodness. Alan Crone's weather map looks like Mardi Gras. Oh, it does. It does. It's, it's yellow, green, and purple. It's very Mardi Gras, and we're not that far from that, by the way. Very Mardi Gras colors because that's that's, ha- that's the kind of weather we're having. We're having some <laughs> places where it's fine, some places where it's rain, some places where it's snow, and some places where it's ice. Other than that, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Other than that. <laughs> Welcome in. Huh? All right, so what are we going to be doing today? Well, this day in sports history brought to you by Triad Eye Institute, 650. At 750, Larry Turner from Mountain Owasso. I mean, the dude's a high school legend when it comes to baseball. He's going into a Hall of Fame we want to tell you about. And at 810 this morning, the folks at the OSU Performance Center, Lance Walker, will be here. Lance's topic this time is? Sleep hygiene for athletes and for you. Sleep hygiene. Interesting topic. Yeah. Does that mean shower before you go to bed? I don't think so. I don't. I don't quite well, think that's so. Not, you Maybe. Know, hygiene. And, and watch that. That'll be like the first thing that Lance brings up is is uh, actual hygiene before you go to sleep. I cannot cannot sleep unless I showered. I, oh, really? I, I heard. I think that is good for you. I think I've learned that. Like taking a hot shower, like it kind of rests your body a little bit, gets you a little drowsy. I can't. I cannot sleep unless I've taken a shower. Yeah. I, I've had through my time with Tulsa and Oklahoma State on the road, and the Talons for that matter. Well, the Talons always gave me my own room, so I was always alone. But uh, with OSU and TU, you always have a roommate, right? I've, mm-hmm. We've rarely not had a roommate on the road in my thirty-seven years total between these two teams, and you always have a roommate. 
most of the roommates do exactly kind of what you do in a normal time, right? I've had a couple, including one. And I'm not going to say who he is. He's not here anymore. But it's the only time I'd roomed with him. It was really odd because normally it's Bruce and myself or yeah. this last year, a couple of years have been popping me. And I'd had Shelby before. I mean, we, they just rotate amongst the broadcast crew, right? There's four of us, so two rooms, right? Well, it, it, I, we had a guy who uh, used to be in administration. Let's put it like that. So we traveled all day. I mean, you get there in the morning. It was an 11 o'clock leave time from the school. And he's he's glad-handing, you know, people, which is what his job was, to, you know, boot boosters, because there'll be people on the trip, right? So he's glad-handing people, doing his thing. We fly to, I think it was South Florida. So it's a pretty good site, pretty good flight. It's warm there. So you get out of that, you know, you get out and, and it's hot and you're sweaty mm. and all that kind of stuff. And the hotel there was just magnificent. They had this big walkway you could take out into the uh, mangroves, which was really fun. And we, you know, I'd take, walk around the walkway. He was he was taking people out there. He takes people to dinner. He's, he's, he's in and out all day. So the dude, nice. you know, may have showered in the morning, right? Hadn't done that, right? So he's out much later than me. Uh, we go to our dinner. We, we set up our equipment. We go to dinner. We go, we go back to the hotel. We go to bed. And so I'm sitting in bed, and I'm just reading through some notes for the next day. And he pops in about 11.15, and he just uh, he walks in, and he says hello. And then he goes into the, into the bathroom, and he just strips down to his underwear, and then he comes back out, and he just climbs in bed. And I just, I mean, my skin crawled. I, oh, my Lord, no, 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 not those clean, brand-new sheets. All your ick of the day. Ah, oh, it just makes me crazy. I cannot do that. And it's, you know, look, I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm right. just saying it made me just, I mean, I had to, ah, I had to look away. I don't know how in the world. I would just feel like a, I feel like Pigpen from Charlie Brown. Literally, I mean, all you, you can day, see the visuals. Just all, yeah, all day, off, and yeah. it was hot down there, and you know you're sweating, and oh, that, that does make a little bit different. Oh, not me. So sleep hygiene. We'll ask that question. <laughs> Six thirteen on the Blitz eleven seventy. We are in the Tulsa Oilers studio, reminding you when they're home on Sundays, you can skate on the ice with the players. It's called Sunday Fun Day. Rent your skates or take your own. Skate with the, the players right there after the game. Any Sunday, the Oilers are at home from the Oilers and the Blitz 1170. The Blitz is broadcasting in HD on your FM dial. Turn your HD-equipped radio to 106.9 KHTT HD2. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The ORU Golden Eagles dropped their game against North Dakota last night, 87-77. Isaac McBride had 30 points for the Eagles. Kareem Thompson added 19 points and 8 rebounds. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are back on the road after suffering a 90-66 home loss against the Kansas Jayhawks this week as they'll be in Manhattan to take on Kansas State. Tip-off for that one is at 6 o'clock with a 5 o'clock pregame here on the Blitz. The Oklahoma Sooners are on the road as well as they'll be in Cincinnati to face the Bearcats. OU got back on track Wednesday night with a 77-63 victory over West Virginia. Tip-off on Saturday is at noon. That's the winter roll of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Love hearing from you. You can also text us on the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line at 918-262-5072. We're in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. want to remind you, too, we're getting some really cool stuff happening with Triad Eye Institute. Not only am I telling you about their LASIK special, but they have once again teamed up with us to help for what we call Valentine's for Vets 
we want you to make you the kids, your classroom, whatever, make a bunch of homemade Valentines. You're going to bring those to any Triad location, and they're all over Oklahoma. You can find them at triadi.com. You can also bring them right here to our studios, the Blitz Studio, and the you know the Griffin Media area at 303 North Boston. Drop those off. We'll get those to places. We'll take them to VA hospitals and veteran centers to give to people who may not have that kind of contact this year at Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's for Vets. Find out more at theblitztulsa.com slash valentine. And it's from the, the folks at Triad Eye Institute and the Blitz 1170. 622, the, he is Bryce Hulse. I am Rick Corey on this Friday. And I, I was sitting at home yesterday thinking, man, I just want to be back at work because I want to talk about the NFL games. And I, I do, mm-hmm. but something happened in college basketball that I wanted to get to first. And it's not new. It's from a couple of nights ago, but I had seen some of the newer tape. And, and it, it's, the, <laughs> it's the whole Texas <laughs> fiasco <Yep. laughs> about horns down. So Texas had just finished playing, and they lost to – it was UCF, wasn't it? It's UCF. Yeah, it's UCF, who, by the way, beat Kansas, you know, and is now – I mean, the newcomers in the Big 12 are going, don't overlook us. Oh, yeah. In, you know, in Austin, they mm-hmm. beat Texas. Yeah. yeah. And you know that Rodney Terry's their head coach. And the reason I saw this is I saw a tweet that said, hey, a Frank Hayes sighting. And Frank, mm-hmm. who's an assistant at Texas, they followed yeah. Rodney Terry down the line, and Frank happened to be there. But what, I, what, you're gonna, what I'm going to play first is just – Rodney Terry going through the line because the UCF players were going through the line and shaking hands with horns down. Mm. They were doing the whole horns down thing. Now, I saw Jeremy tweet about this yesterday that said, you know, they're just here. They go again because uh, they're crying and whining and all that kind of stuff about horns down. But I'd gotten the audio as so you can just hear him saying to the players, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, stop that. That's classless. You can just hear this. <laughs> You just hear him yelling, don't do that. Well, then in the post game, this is the part that I hadn't heard yet. In the post game, he went kind of into why he was upset about this whole thing. You know, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, you win the right way, you lose the right way. And, you know, I always tell my guys, you know, um, whether you win or lose, you win the right way. You lose the right way. You carry yourself the right way. You don't go through the handshake line or prior to getting to the handshake line and have about six or seven guys putting the horns down. We don't do that, you know, because when you do those kind of things, it looks very classless, and it also looks like you were just hoping to win. We never go into games trying to hope to win. We go into games expecting to win. So we don't act like that, you know. We expect to win. We don't jump up and down act like we won a national championship. We sure don't step on anyone's home court deal and act crazy and try to show them up in any way. We don't do that, you know. So that's what I was angry about, and I was letting those guys know you don't do that, you know. You guys won. Hey, we shake, you know, shake your hand, tip our head to you, but we're not going to let you act that way in our building. You're not going to do that. You're not going to put your horns down and do all that nonsense. I heard Dan Patrick say yesterday what I thought was the best thing. If you want people to do horns down, don't do horns up. Mm. I mean, come on. If you can do one, you can do the other. I mean, and the, the, you it's, know, the, it's a pretty easy switch, right? Well, yeah. Well, the fact that the, <laughs> to work off of that. the fact that the Big 12, you think the SEC 
And I saw a lot of those tweets yesterday. Oh, boy, wait. You think the SEC cares about your horns down? Rude awakening. Yeah, the whole idea with the Big 12 going, oh, we don't want you to do that. Oh, please. Yeah. Somebody grow like, up. Like it's a hate symbol or something. No, yeah, you know? it's, not a, it's not a hate symbol. It's what fans do. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. if People are going to make funny when you well, not big, they're, they're going to give you trouble and you go to other places. I don't have a problem with that. I like good fans. I've talked about it before. Fans who know how to affect a game. Now, when you get personal and nasty, like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders are saying some of the Packers players did that. Mm. And I hope not. That's unfortunate if they did. But when you get personal and nasty and that kind of thing, I, I think that's out of line. But when it comes to just being a fan, I mean, horns down is just the opposite of horns up. That just means we don't, we're not for your team. Yeah. And Texas whining about that and then continuing to whine about it. I can't wait till they get to the SEC. <laughs> uh, they're, they're set athletically to be there. Mm-hmm. How can they handle it, though? Yeah. That's going to be fun. People are going to make fun of the Sooner Schooner. People are going to make fun of, you know, of that kind of and, – and we know that, and that's okay. And then when yeah. they come to Norman, you can do the same thing to them. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, with the uh, – one thing that stuck out to me in that handshake line is, you know, again, the UCF players weren't walking through doing it, you know, to the players and the coaches that they're shaking hands with. It wasn't just directly to that. They're doing it towards the crowd, right? Mm-hmm. And and that, that crowd that's very close to that UCF bench that was probably hurling insults at them and doing <laughs> And again, you know, being fans, they're supposed to try and affect the game and everything, yep. and they're just kind of giving it back a little bit. You know, I, I've seen where that's that's really deserved in situations. And again, they're both they're both doing what they're allowed to do there. Um, in terms of the SEC, I think that's the biggest thing that you know, when, when I think about issues for, for Texas and maybe even OU to some extent is just the cultural shift. It's not just going to be something where they're just going to openly be like, yeah, welcome in just everything that they're still going to be uh, a little hesitant in terms of, like you said, doing the horns down or, you know, making fun of the schooner or something, because you're still, you still need to be uh, initiated, maybe hazed in some way of just like, you're not quite our SEC culture. Yeah. You've, you've proved you can play at this level probably, but you know, you're still not entwined in the SEC culture yet that, mm-hmm. that we all kind of intertwine with each other. Yeah. I do believe it's going to be a lot of fun when they get there. There's no doubt about that. And I, I love it when fans know how to affect a game. I do. Yeah. And I've been around some who, who know, I, I've said this before, the the people at UTEP, when they were really good in basketball and they were, mm-hmm. and they were, they, you know, they had a cup of coffee when they were really good in football too. And Mike yeah. Price was there after he had done the roll tide thing and then all that kind of thing. <laughs> and he ended up at Utah or I mean, UTEP, that, that place, the Sun Bowl, which I think, I don't know, the capacity is probably 50, 55, something along those lines. Okay. But when they would put 40 to 45 in there, and, man, they knew how to affect you. And the same in the basketball arena. Remember, they had that national championship way yeah. back when under Haskins. and Boy that Road. Stuff, yeah, that stuff still, still hangs. Those banners are there. And, you know, Nolan was down there in El Paso. with the, Of course, at junior college, not at UTEP. But, I mean, that, that area had a history of really good basketball. And when they were really good, you go in there and, and they knew how to light you up. Mm-hmm. And but but they were never personal. But yeah. man, they were loud at the right play at the right points. There was actually one fan. There was one big dude. It's six twenty eight, by the way, here in the Blitz eleven seventy. He's Bryce Hall, so I'm Rick Corey. There was one really big dude who sat first row right behind the visitors bench. And Doug Wojcik was the head coach at this time. And you know when you're broadcasting a basketball game, nine times out of ten. You're right next to your team. So there's that, you know, there's the 
the, you know, the, the benches, if you will, or not you know, the benches for the teams. And then the, the tables that you see for game operations and things like that. Well, the, the teams are normally across from that. At least, you know, at the rental center, they're not. At the rental center, they're on the, they're on the same side with game administration. Yeah. And your broadcast locations across from there. Most of the time on the road, you're right next to your team. And you're, you're across from where the uh, administration, if you will, was, you know, official scores, that kind of thing. So, you know, it would be Bruce would be to my left. There would be an empty place because he had to have us. Bruce actually got a uh, press pass for his briefcase. Goodness. Uh, and it's it's yeah it's it's a press pass for B case because he wants his briefcase on a chair. So it's Bruce in a chair, right? And then and then me, and then right next to me would be head coach, team, blah blah blah. So you know you're talking about a couple of feet, and that's all there is to it, if that. And at UTEP yeah. it was tighter than that. Here, here are a U, lot of the conversation. Well, UTEP, I had actually had my right leg was not in the table; it was outside the table because there is no room. So I'm I'm right there, and whether it was Danny Manning, which it was for a while, or Doug, but there was a big dude who apparently was a, a very well-off businessman in El Paso, and he sat first row. When I say big, this guy had to be 6'5", 6'6", and about 280, 285. He was a monster. He's a big, big guy. And he was that fan who just goes crazy at every moment, every call, everything, and he would start getting on Wojcik, oh, and boy. and Doug had a fairly short fuse, and he'd get on he'd get on Doug, but he was doing it in such a way that it was damn near entertaining, <laughs> you know. And I mean, at one point, and Doug would turn around and glare at him, and then he'd just kind of ignore him and go on. But the guy was just wearing him out about Navy and about David Robinson, and because mm. Doug was David Robinson's yeah. point guard, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. And then he'd wear him out about the team and why well, you should have switched to a zone there, blah blah blah. And at one point. <laughs> Doug turned around, looked at the guy, and he goes, you're right. And he just turned back around, and he just kept coaching. (laughs) Pardon me. He kept, you know, he just kept coaching. And the two became friends Mm. as we'd go there year after year because you played them every year, of course, at home and away. And they became friends. And before the game, the big dude would come down, he'd shake his hand, he'd give him a big hug. They'd ju- you know they'd talk and all that, and then during the game he'd light him up. Friendly competition. I mean, just light him up, and then after the game, and Doug would turn around and laugh occasionally, and turn around and glare occasionally, and then at the end of the game he'd shake his hand, hug him, and, and we you know we'd go on. Didn't you know and had had some failures in that arena, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there were losses there, and there were some important losses there. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. I think personally, two two Tulsa coaches lost their teams in El Paso. One football and one basketball. All it took was one practice and one game where I think they lost their teams and they ended up losing their jobs too. And so El Paso had some important moments, if you will, as we would go along. But I loved going there just because of the fans. They'd get after us. They'd get after Bruce and me, and I'm fine with that. Yeah, That's all right. Hey, fat, bald guy, you don't know anything about basketball. Your head looks like one, though. You know, That's a little personal, but it never bothered me because it's just true. So I just turned you went, around. You're right. I turned around, and I went, yep. And, and what are you going to say then, right? Because I love those things. I love teams. I love it when, when they can affect it. And you go through the SEC. Now, I've not been to a ton of SEC stadiums for games. I've been to Ole yeah. Miss for a game. Um, Florida, uh, oh God, they're good at it down there. Wow. Really good Swamp at it down there. Or basketball. Swamp. Swamp. Yeah. Man. Football. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, Emmett Smith's freshman year. 
Uh, oh, wow. I think it was 82 to 28, something along. No, that was the Houston score. It was 56 to something. Anyway, they, they blew Tulsa out. Um, and where else have I been? If you go to SEC, you know, next year, I've been to Texas and Oklahoma. Based uh, Mississippi State, games. not in the SEC arena, but. Yeah, I've not I've I've seen yeah. them, but at College Station, I've not seen them at their home. So I guess when it comes to SEC stadiums, I've only been to Miss Ole Miss in Florida. Yeah, well, yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Ole Miss in Florida. So I, you know, I know how those fans are, and I know that they're both really good sets of fans who know how to affect you. I know they are in Austin too. So yeah. watch out. Now, all I'm mm-hmm. telling you is, I thought that was interesting and funny and a little bit whiny. <laughs> on their part. And if, if I'm the AD at Texas, I'm going to take the guy aside and I'm going to say, stop it. You make oh, yeah. us look weak. You make your team look weak. I Personally, that's what I believe. And you're welcome to weigh in and tell me what you think. And let me know, too. Where do you think the best fans are? Where you've been? Now, I'm not talking about your home team. So if you're an Oklahoma State, Oklahoma fan, Tulsa fan, whatever, I'm not talking about that. When you go somewhere else, what are the best fans? And by that, I don't mean just that they shake your hand and they're nice, because most good fans will before the game and then light yeah. you up. And that's Tip fine. off to buzzer that they're Absolutely. in the zone. Mm-hmm. So where have you seen the ones that were the best? There were days when Gallagher-Iba was that. You know, in Billy Tubbs' days, it was that way a little bit up in, in Norman, right? Yeah. It, it, Nolan's days and Bill's days, Bill Self's days, and Tubby's, certainly that way in Tulsa. And Nolan was way back at the convention center, you know, and it was that way there. You could talk about rolling. It was that way with the talents when they were really hot downtown in the convention center. Those fans knew how to affect a game. Where do you? Where have you seen and, and been in touch with where you think were great fans? 918-262-5072. That is our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. All right. When we come back, we'll start into the NFL playoffs, the games we're looking forward to, some of the lines on these games. And I'd love to have predictions, too. 918-262-5072. At the meantime, here at 630, let's talk about Triad Eye Institute and their $3,600 LASIK special. Not only are they helping us with our Valentines for Veterans, they're trying to help you with your eyesight. You know, as 2024 comes along, (laughs) every year we get rid of a year and we get a new year and we think this is going to be the best year ever. Well, they all are going to have their challenges, but they all have their good points too. And you can see either clearly with Triad Eye Institute. They have their $3,600 LASIK special going, and it was supposed to end in in, uh, December. They had so many people in the backlog, they went ahead and extended through January, but I have been told that it will, without question, end on the February 1st. That's it. We are done at the end of January with the $3,600 LASIK special. LASIK will cost more next month. Now, uh, can't tell you if they're going to have other specials. All I know is that right now it's $3,600. Right now it's the best price it'll ever be. Right now, you can get a free screening at any Triad location in Oklahoma. Find all of them at triadi.com. Then you can find out if you qualify for 0% financing so that right now you can get this done. I've had tri- eye surgery there. I've told you before, I had to have lens replacement, which was a little bit uh, bigger surgery, if you will, and still mine was 22 minutes. You're going to be in there a few minutes. It's not going to hurt ever. There's nothing painful. Um, I guess, you know, the, the IV, if you hate needles, that's it. Everything else was simple and easy. My recovery was easy. I just couldn't go swimming in deep pools for, I think it was like a week or something along those lines or two, and that was that. And I've not worn glasses for, well, four and a half years, almost five, and I never will have to again. You call 918-252-2020. It's 918-252-2020, and you too can see more of your 2024 with Triad Eye Institute. The Blitz 1170 stream is brought to you by Duck Creek Casino, your hometown casino. 
From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at SMU to face the Mustangs tomorrow. Both of those teams are coming off of victories this week. Tulsa hung over 100 points in their win against UTSA. Tip-off is at 2 o'clock. You can listen to that and the pregame starting at 1.30 over on Big Country 99.5. Ohio State is set to hire former NFL coach Bill O'Brien as the school's new offensive coordinator. O'Brien served as the New England Patriots offensive coordinator in 2023. He has worked with quarterbacks like Bryce Young, Tom Brady, and Deshaun Watson. And former Texas Tech and Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury is expected to interview for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator vacancy. The Bears fired former OC Luke Getze and four members of the offensive staff on January 10th. Kingsbury was a senior offensive analyst and QB coach for Caleb Williams and USC this past season. That's the Wind World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. We'd love to have you do that. It's our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. It makes us feel loved. Just give us a shot. 918-262-5072. Here in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. I also want to remind you, the Oilers, we do, when, when they play at home, we do what we call the Blitz Upgrade. You can buy cheap seats. Don't worry. We're going to call some seat numbers during the game. Take somebody from those way up high seats and put them right down by the ice where the slobber flies, and you'll have yourself a good time. Of course, the slobber freezes pretty quickly if it lands on the ice. Uh, 642, Bryce right there in the next room. He will have this day in sports history in just a couple of minutes still to come. We'll talk to Larry Turner in about an hour. He is going into another Hall of Fame, and that dude is as big a high school legend in baseball as you'll have around here. Gordon Morgan, uh, who was at Rogers for many years comes to mind as well and then Ken over at Hale because they won a couple of state championships back to back back when we were in school and uh, they were really good at that point so there, there's some guys but he's one of them there's no question and Larry's a class act too and then Lance Walker from the OSU Performance Center he'll be with us at 810 as they you know we have Lance monthly to talk about um, it's, it's sports performance overall but it's yeah. something that you and I can use too it's not just for finely tuned athletes. Nowadays, if you don't have a gym membership or you're not outside walking, you are the minority. <laughs> you know, I mean, people do that. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, I, I know one lady who, yeah, she brags because she basically lives in a four square mile area because that's what she wants to do too. So her grocery store, her daycare, and her gym. But when she talks about it, she mentions the gym first. He's a progressive young lady, you know, with a wonderful family, but the gym's the most important thing to her, and it's close by, and that's, you know, people are doing that. And it's this the norm. Is, yeah, it is. And for, you know, being able to take care of yourself at a higher level, much as athletes have done, there was a time when, you know, we talked about athletes training, and nobody outside that thought anything about it. If you'd been an athlete and you knew what you did, then as soon as you finished, well, you weren't going to keep lifting like that more than likely. Right. right. You weren't going to keep doing it. So, you know, you kind of backed your lifestyle off, but you knew what you needed to do to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And especially if, if you've been along lately because of the expanse in nutrition and things like that, that athletes were not taught long ago. And now they are. Doesn't mean they'll follow that. But, you know, there was a time when as soon as a guy stopped playing, especially like offensive defensive linemen, the next time you saw him, they'd be 400 pounds. Right. Nowadays, mm-hmm. I mean, go look at. Gene Barrett, go look at David Alexander, go look 
at Steve August. They are tall, trim dudes. <laughs> You're like, did you play wide receiver back yeah, then? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> all of them. Of course, they played at a time when you know you didn't have to be quite as big. But, yeah. uh, and all of them. And they're all big guys, but all of them are very fit. I mean, so having an opportunity to have some of the same technology or advice or information athletes have, but on a daily basis that you can pick and choose what you want to use, I think it's really valuable. So we'll talk to them at 810 this morning. All right. Let's get into playoffs here in the NFL. I really want some predictions from folks, and it's you know it, there's a difference between heart and head predictions. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to who's left in the playoffs, um, yeah, for me, it's just I want to see good games. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have necessarily a team left. I mean, I, there are great stories. Detroit is a great story, and by the way, Dan Campbell, you, I'm going to play Dan Campbell here in a little bit, telling a Baker Mayfield story Ooh. about he's 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 a very he's a big fan of Baker. Okay. And he explains why, and I'll, I'll get that for you. I think Detroit's a great story. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good story for the city. It's a good story for the NFL. I hate parody. I hate it. I hate it when games are seventeen ten, and you know two people are twelve and four, and you know two people are four and twelve, and everybody else is eight and eight. I hate it. I, I just can't stand it. And they kind of jump up and become that team that hasn't been. I mean, they've been kind of trending toward a little better, but I think that's fantastic. I feel the same about Houston. And how do you not like C.J. Stroud? Oh, yeah. how, do you, how do you not like what that kid's done? You know, Baltimore's always interesting with Lamar. Green Bay's another good story. Jordan Love is a really good story. Mm-hmm. And just the opposite of what happened with Brady and New England. So mm-hmm. Brady leaves, New England can't play. Rodgers leaves, Green Bay's not only in the playoffs, they're going to the divisional finals, Mm -hmm. right? Different stories right there because Jordan Love apparently is the answer. And I I heard someone say, look, the Packers just showed you why you should draft a quarterback you don't want to start. You don't want him to start now. Give, you give him draft time. that guy, you put him there, you let him. Tom Landry was always that way. Most coaches are that way. They don't like rookies. They don't like rookie quarterbacks most yeah. of the time. Now, that has changed some through the years, but most just don't. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot There's a lot of a speed of the game that changes. Guys close much faster at corner in the NFL than they do in college. Yeah, things are different. You know, when we talked to Zayvon Collins, who is wildly athletic, yeah. It, the thing he said is, I could not believe how good everybody was. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you hear it and you're told that, but still, you're the big, you know, you're the big cat daddy stud. <laughs> you get down there and suddenly you're just like everybody else. <laughs> anyway, I, I just think they're a great story because of Jordan Love and because of what the Packers did. And, you know, partially, I don't know how much Rodgers was a help to him. <laughs> I get this feeling, not much. But having him there and sitting and watching and learning, I think, was really cool. The Niners are always a good story just because they're always really good. And then Kansas City and Buffalo, finally, finally, Matt Patrick Mahomes plays on the road in the playoffs, which yeah. he's never done. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and, the, and the last time that he played at Buffalo, well, go on. Go ahead. Okay. Last time he played at Buffalo was 2020 when there were zero mm-hmm. people in the stands. Yep, <laughs> so. right. And he said that and yesterday. He said, you know, last, I haven't been there when there's a crowd. They're asking people to come out and shovel because they're still getting snow. And from if you're the Bills, you finally get Kansas City at home. They've yeah. wanted this for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that makes that one interesting. And, of course, the weather does. But both teams, you know, are kind of used to playing in the cold. And then, obviously, you know, Baker's a great story at Tampa, too. So I mean, all four of the all all these games, in my opinion, have an angle, yeah. Uh, but a, but a real personal kind of an angle. You know, you like Baker or you don't. You know, if you're an Oklahoma State mm-hmm. fan, you probably hate him. If you're an Ohio State fan, you probably hate him. So you're going to watch <laughs> just so you can pull for Detroit, right? Hate but, watching, <laughs> yeah. But whatever. But but that's okay. 
Yeah. Whichever one is there. All right, so I'm going to ask you, what's the most intriguing game to you? The most intriguing game, I, I think it definitely comes to the down to the two that are on Sunday because I think it's nice that both of the biggest stories that I think about are facing each other. Again, just the resurgence of Baker Mayfield in the league against Detroit when they haven't had this kind of success in three decades. But what takes the cake for me is Buffalo hosting Kansas City because I just feel like the Bills Mafia, like they're already yeah. crazy and, and, you know. Jumping I've through done, burning tables. <laughs> jumping through burning tables. I still, real quick, I loved one of my favorite tweets over the course of this problem with them having to reschedule the game and everything mm-hmm. was they have a quote that says, like, Buffalo Mayor says, you know, we're doing this for the safety of our fans. And then it says Buffalo fans, and it has a video of a guy jumping through a flaming table. Like, yes. Why are, why are we concerned about their safety? Like, this is the Bills Mafia we're talking about. Yeah, I think they're they're pretty tough. I mean, you put them in a trench in World War One, they'd probably hang in there, <laughs> yeah. right? These, they're, It's a hardy group. You know, there's yeah. no doubt about that. you got to be hardy if you're going to live in any city like that because of mm-hmm. the cold weather conditions. you just yeah. got to get used to it. you got to be good at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I, to me, I think Green Bay... Is a, a, I'm really interested to see if they can carry it on against the Niners. Much of what they did against Dallas was a coaching thing. Matt LaFleur came up with a fabulous offensive plan to neutralize Micah Parsons, and he mm-hmm. did. Yeah. He was not part of the game plan. And quite honestly, I was thinking – actually, I woke up thinking about this overnight because I was been thinking about this game. And I remember one of our defensive coaches at Tulsa once said to us back when Zaven Collins was still playing here, remember Zaven was a first-round draft pick and was an All-American and a Butkus Award winner and all those things. And, again, wildly athletic. Yeah. And one of our coaches said, you know, we were in a, in a meeting, and he go, he looked, kind of looked around and he goes, you know, if you want to neutralize Zaven, you run at him. Mm. And, and that was partially true because Zaven is really athletic, and he's also very tough, and he's playing an inside now in Arizona. And yeah. he has gotten bigger and bulkier, and he's handling that really well. But it, in college, he really de- depended on his athleticism, running you down sideline to sideline, and then mm-hmm. people would run away from him. Well, that was exactly what Tulsa <laughs> wanted. But when you ran at him, he was okay, but he wasn't the same player. Micah Parsons didn't make an impact in that game because he was busy being blocked, because they were running at him, because that sniffer went to him almost every every play. And in doing such, they this not just distract him, they just never he never has a moment to be able to be on his own one on one generally in a rush. Mm. They just took him out of the game, and teams did that to Zabin. You know, the okay. ones that were smart. Cincinnati did some of that. You know, they, they were smart enough to see it. Luke Fickle saw that, and that's exactly what Green Bay did. Now. When you go look at the Niners, you got a lot of guys. Now, there are a lot of guys in that Cowboys defense, too, but Parsons is the one guy who can change a game like that. And another all-pro rusher for yeah. this new one. So. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. And you, So now you've got a different guy. I mean, you can run the sniffer over at Bosa or that kind of thing, but you've got multiple people to worry about. You did in Dallas, too. I don't think quite to the um, extent you have in, in the Niners. Can, they green, can Green Bay game plan that? And will Jordan Love continue this? Because... Maybe it's just me, but we heard so much about Jordan Love backing up Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I never heard Aaron Rodgers give a full-throated, hey, this kid's going to be great, to to Jordan Love. Never heard that. And I'm not blaming him for that. I just never heard that. So, you know, if I'm listening to this and I'm listening to Green Bay and how many times they wanted to keep Rodgers despite all the issues, blah, blah, blah. And he's a great great player. That's why you want to keep him. It's pragmatic. I kind of had this feeling, well, maybe they're not really confident he is the guy. And then, mm-hmm. they, you know, they kind of shuffled things around as though they weren't sure before he really had a good game. So can he keep that up? Is that really him? I hope so. Yeah. 
because it's been really fun. Well, and, that, and that's the thing is, I mean, you're going against uh, the exact same kind of situation against a talented team and a hostile environment for for a primetime game. So that that's the biggest question is uh, being able to stay on that high when you're going through the exact same situation and that it's not just a flash in the pan type thing. Yep. And I also make I wonder the very same thing about Detroit. As much as I want to believe all the time, I have never been a huge Jared Goff fan. Light's too bright. <laughs> I, I just, something about him, when I look at him, it, he strikes me as not confident. And that maybe he is. It's probably just me. But when I look at him, I just don't get the feeling of that guy's going to win me a championship. The same as I, when I look at Kirk Cousins. I look at a really good quarterback who I don't ever think is going to win me a title. And I don't know why. I really don't know why. So I'm really interested if the Lions can keep it going. And, you know, I, I really, there's no loser as far as I'm concerned in that one. You'd like Baker and Tampa to win, kind of. But you got Malcolm yeah. on the other side with Detroit. You know, so I mean, you've got local players on both sides. There's a history of Detroit having, you know, players from our state. Uh, I don't see a downside in that one. But I'm really interested to see if that's really the Lions or if they're going to mm. be the Lions again. Yeah, I, I think that there should be some slack cut maybe for golf a little bit just just because of the situation that he's in with the with that franchise with being thrust into a, a team that he it really didn't seem like that much of a fit whenever that we first saw that transition between him and Stafford of Stafford going to the Rams and him mm-hmm. going to the Lions. Um, so I think he's just done really well for his situation, but I don't think you can go wrong with either storyline progressing, right? I mean, whether it's him and the Lions or, or Baker Mayfield, you know, it's it's something to root for either way. I, I, like. I yeah, that's that's the thing with me is that that one I'm just gonna I mean I hate to see anybody lose that one, yeah. you know, and but it'll be fun to watch whoever wins that one. So there, there's reasons to love every one of these. What are your picks? We'll get you actually the lines on these games coming up today as well. All here on the Blitz 1170. He's Bryce Alls. I'm Rick Corwin, the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. We'll talk in less than an hour to Larry Turner from Owasso who's going into another Hall of Fame. Guy deserves to be in all of them. And then Lance Walker from OSU and the Physical Performance Center will be with us at 810 this morning as we talk about their latest uh, monthly, you know, the things they do monthly to, to kind of help all of us with um, getting better, you know, and just living well, all those things here. And we want you to be on the on the line with us at 918-262-5072. That is our Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line. By the way, if you text Tulsa to that, just text Tulsa to 918-262-5072, and you will be signed up to win a pair of tickets to see TU Basketball take on Wichita State on Wednesday, January 31st, last day of the month, 6 o'clock at the Reynolds Center. So you want to sign up just by sending Tulsa to 918-262-5072. We'll be back with this day in sports history, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute next here on The Blitz. Don't look now, but The Blitz is on TikTok. Follow along at the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Oklahoma State Cowboys are back on the road tomorrow after suffering a 90-66 loss at home against the Kansas Jayhawks this week. They'll be in Manhattan to take on Kansas State. Tip-off for that one is at 6 o'clock with a 5.30 pregame starting here on the Blitz. The Oklahoma Sooners are on the road as well as they'll be in Cincinnati to face the Bearcats. OU got back on track Wednesday night with a 77-63 victory over West Virginia. Tip-off is tomorrow at noon. And the Tulsa Golden Hurricane will be at SMU to face the Mustangs. Both teams are coming off of victories this week. Tulsa hung over 100 points in their win against UTSA. Tip-off is at 2 o'clock tomorrow. You can listen to that and the pregame starting at 1.30 over on Big Country 99.5. 
That's the Winter World of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.